Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, Sing a Song About Christmas. Sing. 
In December 1931, the United States and the majority of the world were feeling the effects of the Great Depression. While trying to survive and provide in the wake of the 1929 stock market crash, when every penny counted, a group of construction workers in New York City pooled their money together to make a purchase. It wasn't food, it wasn't clothes, it wasn't fuel. Instead, they bought a Christmas tree to stand on the side of Rockefeller Center, which was just starting to be constructed in midtown Manhattan. The 20-foot-high balsam fir, adorned with homemade garlands from the workers' families, served as a symbol of hope and optimism during the dire financial and economic times. Little did these workers know that their Christmas tree would spur a new tradition. In 1933, a Rockefeller Center publicist initiated a tree-lighting ceremony which has taken place at the plaza between West 48th and 51st Streets and 5th and 6th Avenues ever since. World War II ushered in simple, patriotic declaration, including red, white, and blue, unlit globes, and painted wooden stars. In 1942, instead of one large tree, three more modest trees were raised, each decorated in one of the flag's colors. From 1944 under the war's end in 45, the tree went unlit due to blackout regulations. After the war, the years of darkness was left behind as six ultraviolet light projectors were employed to make it appear, though the tree's 700 fluorescent globes were glowing in the dark. By the 1950s, workers began using scaffolding to decorate the tree as larger trees were accommodated. Before the decade was over, the decorating process called for 20 workers and nine days. NBC has broadcast the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree lighting ceremony nationally since 1951. The event, held the week after Thanksgiving, is free and open to the public on a first-come, first-served basis. In 1969, artists Valerie Bout's towering wire herald angels were added to the Channel Gardens in front of the tree near Fifth Avenue. Claire Bouts created the 12 sculptures using 75 points of metal wire each. The 1971 tree, a 65-footer from East Montpelier, Vermont, was first to be mulched and recycled. It was turned into 33 bushel bags of mulch for the nature trails of Upper Manhattan. Though the tree typically makes its journey on a truck bed, in 1998 it was flown in from Richfield, Ohio on the world's largest transport plane. 1999 saw Rockefeller Center's tallest tree, a 100-foot spruce from Kingsworth, Connecticut. 
In 2001, following the September 11 attacks, the trees were again decorated in hues of red, white, and blue. In 2007, the tree went green, converting to energy-efficient lighting with LEDs. The LEDs used 1,200 fewer kilowatts of electricity per day, enough to power a 2,000-square-foot home for a month. Since 2011, the tree lighting ceremony has been followed by singing of joy to the world. The tree welcomes millions of visitors annually through the holiday season and New Year, remaining on display into the first week of January. The tree, typically a Norwegian spruce, ranging in height from 60 feet to 100 feet, is adorned with five miles of multicolored LED lights and ornaments, and as of 2018 is topped with a star that comprises 3 million Swarovski crystals. Finding the iconic tree each year is up to the due diligence of the Rockefeller Center head gardener, Eric Paz who has held that title since 2010, constantly scours the region, visiting nurseries as well as fielding tips and submissions provided by homeowners. Paws keeps an eye on potential candidates throughout the year, seeing how they fare as the season change, while feeding and watering the trees regularly. He makes the final decision in September, and the winning tree, which is donated by its owners, is transported to New York City in October for its big debut. After the tree has fulfilled its duties at 30 Rockefeller Plaza, it is taken down, milled, and treated into lumber to be used for home building. The lumber has been donated to Habitat for Humanity since 2007. Listen now as the ABC4 sing for us this beautiful song entitled, Go Tell It on the Mountain. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain, that Jesus Christ is born. Oh, when I was a seeker, I sought both night and day. I asked the Lord to help me, and he showed me the way. Oh, tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain, that Jesus Christ is. Upon the city walls And though I am a Christian I am the least of all Go tell it on the mountain Over the hills and everywhere Go tell it on the mountain Oh.
You're listening to Join the Morning, which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We pray that as you listen to our broadcast this morning that you are encouraged and that you and your family are getting ready to attend a good Bible teaching Sunday school and church. If you don't have a church of your own to attend, we invite all who are seeking a Bible-honoring, Bible-teaching church to join us for services. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Here we have many classes for the various age groups. We also have a supervised nursery for little ones for all of our services. Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for our morning worship service. Then at 6.45, we begin our closing service of the day, our evening fellowship hour. It is important that Christians gather together to study God's Word. Listen now as Randy Bickle plays for us on the piano this wonderful song, Silent Night.
The Ball brothers are two brothers, Andrew and Daniel Ball, along with brother-in-law Chan McCloskey and Rhett Roberts. The group travels worldwide singing their distinctive brand of Christian music. Since their formation in 2006, the Ball brothers have rapidly made their mark in Christian music by finding a musical blend between old and new. We've never been to a place where every person in the audience was the same age. On the contrary, most places we go have a mixture of young, middle-aged, and older people. So our music style and song selection is based around that blend. It's great to see a grandmother and a granddaughter worshiping together and enjoying the same music. We get to see that on a regular basis. What can someone expect when they hear the Ball Brothers? A mix of musical styles melted together by a tight four-part harmony. Each song is hand-picked to be a message-driven and theologically sound. Their goal is to spread the message of the gospel and encourage believers. They are interested in showing everyone how God can use normal people for His honor and glory. Won't you join us this Saturday at 6 p.m. as the Ball Brothers are here in concert at the Altoona Bible Church, 3017 Union Avenue. It's a holiday concert you will not want to miss. Listen to the words this song as Crystal Ray sings for us, Christmas Praise.
Time now for a Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is God's great gift. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 89. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In about 17 short days, literally families and individuals all around the world will be giving and sharing gifts. They will be giving their loved ones gifts, maybe giving them things that they wanted like a laptop computer or a cell phone or a television or something they need like clothes or a warm jacket. Maybe the gifts given are not monetary gifts, which cost money, but things they made with their own hands, or will give their time to an individual to do a chore for them. The giving of gifts is a demonstration of love, of caring for others. When thinking of giving of gifts, one might think of O. Henry's story, The Gift of the Magi. Here is a brief synopsis of that story. Della had saved and saved to buy a Christmas present for her husband Jim. By Christmas Eve, she was only able to save $1.87. She decided to sell her beautiful long hair and use the money to buy Jim a present. And she bought him a beautiful platinum chain for his gold watch, which was originally his grandfather's. Jim had bought his wife jewel hair comb for long hair. He had to sell his watch to buy the present for his wife. Both Della and Jim sold something of great value, of great worth, to be able to give a gift to their spouse. These gifts are to show our love towards others. And the greatest gift is what God has given us. Here is the Webster Dictionary definition of the word gift. That which is given or bestowed, anything which is voluntarily transferred by one person to another without compensation, a donation, a gift. It's opposed to money. In law, it's a voluntary transfer of property without compensation or consideration. Romans chapter 6 verse 23, the gift of God is eternal life. In Ephesians 2, 8, the gift of God is salvation. It goes on to say it's not of works. For to be a gift, it has to be free. It is voluntary given from one person to another person without any compensation. If there is any compensation, it would no longer be a gift. And that would be like on Christmas morning giving a gift to a loved one and then handing them the receipt and asking to be reimbursed for the present. If that was done, it would no longer be a gift because the person receiving it actually had to pay for it himself. Remember the definition of gift. Anything which is voluntarily transferred by one person to another without compensation, a donation, a gift. Romans chapter 5, verse 15 to verse 17. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abound to many. And not as was by the one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses under justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. 
The word gift appears five times in Romans 5, 15 to 17. Romans 5, 15, in the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 17, the gift of righteousness. What a gift! Apart from works, apart from the law, apart from ordinances, apart from religious activities, and out of the gift of righteousness from God. In Romans chapter 5, verses 15 to 21, there's this biblical contrast between the first man, Adam, and the last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our condemnation flows from the first Adam, and our justification flows from the last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ. And just think about it. The greatest gift the world has ever known. The gift of God is salvation. It's eternal life with God. For many, they simply ignore or reject this gift. that they, they, they don't think it's worth it. They laugh at it. They don't think there's an eternity. They don't think there's a hell. For others, they hear about the gift. And they can't believe it's free. Surely there must be some strings attached. Surely you have to do something to earn it. There's got to be some good deeds. There's got to be religious activity. So they put the gift aside. But please remember, this gift is for all mankind everywhere. But truly, there are some who do believe and trust the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. And those who accept God's gift of eternal life are saved and will spend eternity with Him. What have you done with God's gift? Have you ignored it? Have you rejected it? Have you tried to work for it? Do you believe there's some religious activity you need to do? Or will you just simply believe and accept God at His Word? 2 Corinthians 9, 15, Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Romans chapter 4, verse 4, Now to him that worketh is reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. Verse 5 says, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. If you've never trusted Lord Jesus Christ, won't you trust him right now, right where you're at, before it is eternally too late in your life? been listening to Join the Morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust that you've received a real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. Jesus is my king.